Hello, everyone. Welcome to High Vibes and a Mic. We are your hosts, Sylvia Madden and Veronique Ananter, moms in our 40s and 50s with lots of great spiritual insights and funny stories to light up your day. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi everyone and welcome back to the show. So today we have a guest, his name is Paul Lamar Hunter and he's the 19th of 21 natural children born to James and Louise Hunter. His childhood experiences include poverty, neglect and tragedy, but a determined spirit and unshakable faith lifted Paul to earn a degree in business administration. Father to four adult children, Paul wrote his autobiography titled No Love, No Charity. The success of the 19th child. The book earned attention by Ebony magazine and it has appeared on several television shows and now he's in house. Let's talk to Paul and find out more about his unusual family circumstances. Hi Paul, how are you today? I'm blessed to share my story on your mm. podcast because I know that Thank your you. viewers are going to get hope and they are going to be ex um, inspired by my mm -hmm. great story. Yes, I hope so. And that's all I wish for. And I'm sure they will because you have a great story, a very great story. And we're here to listen to it. So first of all, I have to say, so you have 20 siblings, right? <laughs> yes. And your brother and sister, you're part of a family of 21. And so can you tell us, you know, how it is to grow up? <laughs> so many brothers and sisters around you because my family were well, a lot of people too, but not not that many. So how <laughs> well, did you me, manage? Well, let me say this about my story because yeah. I have I have to get the viewers going. My story <laughs> is about wonder. It's about yeah. adventure, and it is extraordinary. Why it's extraordinary? <laughs> because my mother is the first woman in this whole entire world to okay. birth 21 children by my dad. 17 wow. of us living today, mm -hmm. 63 grandchildren and 87 great grandchildren. And Jesus. I must say that it is important to know that we are strong, we came out healthy, and guess what? We are absolutely beautiful. <laughs> as well <laughs> and that's true well, so seriously your mother she deserve uh, a big big award seriously yeah. i don't know i don't know yeah you, you you're right i don't know any other woman who did that i don't remember seeing any, anywhere in the news sometimes you see you know like in other countries africa or india you know they have those women they have a lot of babies but i don't think i never heard anybody have 21 children that's for sure <laughs> um i had a question like so how did they get you ready in the morning to go to school? All of you well, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> First of all, let me say this. The Hunter family household um, mm -hmm. was, was ran like a uh, military camp. Okay. My, dad, my dad worked two jobs. Uh, my mother worked a part-time job. But it was important that my mother and my older siblings 
get the young ones up early and get yeah. us prepared for school. Yeah. That was the most important thing, getting us up and making sure that we are prepared for school. We ate before we left, but most importantly, before mm -hmm. we left, my mother used to always pray for us. We yeah. would get in a circle and she would ask God to protect her children while we were away at school. And mm -hmm. I thank God for that because I was able to duplicate the same thing when I was raising my children to mm -hmm. pray with my children before they left out of their home because um, I learned the power of prayer and what it can do yeah. into people's lives. So I thank God and I thank my mother for, for just allowing me to see her grow as a person and what was important to her in her life. So the Hunter family, like I said, it mm -hmm. was ran like a military camp. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do not have any regrets with mm -hmm. the good times and also with the bad times. Whatever life threw at the Hunter family, we mm -hmm. dealt with the cards, but we kept moving and we stayed motivated. And we knew that our purpose is always bigger than our circumstances. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, definitely. You need, I think for sure you need a lot of faith and believe in God, you know, when you have a big family like that, because Nothing can just rely on your on on yourself. You need help, and you need help from the person upstairs. Definitely, I cannot believe your mom had a job. Yes, he had a part time. She yes, she was working. Yes, he had a part time job. Hey, you! When you have a um, a village to feed, you got to do what you have to do. <laughs> I know, but it's already a lot of work to take care. Even though the, the little ones are, and she was still going to work. This yes, is he, a powerful yes. woman. Um, so you know, you are the ninetieth uh, child in the in the family, right? So I I am the nineteen child out of twenty one children. Out of twenty one, okay. Yes. So so, you, do you think that you also been raised by your other siblings? Because for example, in my my grandma she had nine children, and I already thought there was already a lot. Okay, and my mom compared to my uh, her. Younger sister, there's a lot, a big uh, age gap, and mm -hmm. so she she was she had to help you know raise her also, and I saw that. So I'm sure you know you all helping helping each other. Did you were you raised also by one of your brother and or sister? I was raised by my parents and also mm -hmm. by my older brothers and and, yeah. and sisters. They had to make sure that we got off that bus. And they brought us home. They had mm, yeah. prepared dinner for us. They did homework with us. They taught us. So yeah. um, if it wasn't for my older siblings, I wouldn't be here speaking to you, sharing my story, because they mm -hmm. played an instrumental role of who I am today. And I sure. really appreciate them. Yeah. yeah I'm sure. So you all get along? We all we all get it on except, except except my baby sister because my baby sister used to always say because we you know when you kids you always get into trouble we running around the house and so my old, older siblings had to you know hit us on the butt and tell us to stop and my oldest my my younger baby sister she mm -hmm. used to say when we get big 
we're going to get them back. Paul, <laughs> Elsie, we're going to get them back. And so mm. I'm like, get them back. Yeah, we're going to beat them up. The way they spanked us, we're going to get them back. And, 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 and so as we got older and stuff, and I remember my baby sister, Sean, said, it's time now because we all <laughs> grown now. We got to beat them up like they used to beat us up. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. We deserve that whooping, you know? But she wanted to get back at my older siblings. And I'm like, no, they old now. We can't do that. She could hold a, a grudge. Uh, yeah. She, was like, <laughs> yeah. she was holding on to a grudge. <laughs> she remember everything. She remember all the whooping she got. So she's like, yeah. I'm going to get them back. I'm going to get them back. <laughs> So everybody's getting that's I cannot even imagine Thanksgiving or Christmas. Do you all get together? Let me let, let me say this. It must be uh, crazy. Thanksgiving, you know, I, love it. I love big family. I love big yeah, family. Thanksgiving was some of the greatest time in my life because my mm -hmm. mom was born in Vicksburg, Mississippi. My father was born in Fayetteville, Mississippi. So my mom and dad knew how to cook. They yeah. really knew how to cook. And let mm -hmm. me say this. There were times when we didn't have no food, but guess what? Yeah. People in the community knocked on the door and okay. left turkey, left ham, left so much food a day before Thanksgiving mm -hmm. so that my mom and dad can cook and prepare because uh -huh. I was born in 1970. So the community was totally different. We were together. We played mm -hmm. outside with the kids. We yeah. knew each other on the block. You know, we communicated with each other. So the community always looked out for the Hunter family and made sure that we had food on our table. I'm sure you were very famous on the block. Oh, most definitely. <laughs> and, and no one never messed with us because we were the biggest family in the city of Racine, Wisconsin. So the no family. one... Yeah, we you know we were a big, huge clan family. Oh, yeah. no, nobody messed with us <laughs> because they do. <laughs> if they fight one, they have to fight all. <laughs> yeah, it's so good to be part of a big family. Um, I was so you're talking about the community. I was going to ask you: Did you have any family around that could help, like from maybe your dad's side or your mom's side? We They're had family. We mm -hmm. had family around in the city of Racine, Wisconsin. So okay. we did have some family. But like I said, the community uh, back then was totally different. We were all in. We were mm -hmm. all together. We all helped each other. You know, mm -hmm. I, I remember a time we were low on sugar. And my mom said, go across the street and ask Mrs. Jones, can she give us some sugar? Knocked mm -hmm. on the door, Mrs. Jones said, how much y'all need? How much sugar y'all need? You know, I, yeah. can't, I can't do that today. If I'm out of something, you think I can go to my neighbor and say, hey, I'm out, I'm out of some sugar. I'm out of some flour. Can, can I have some? Because I'm cooking this. I think it depends where you live. It depends where you live. Because yeah, okay. where, where I lived before, uh, mm. so I'm in California. Where I lived before, it was more like a building, you know, wasn't really that friendly. <clears throat> Sorry, but now we live, we move in a cul-de-sac. So okay. everybody, you know, everybody can see each other and everybody knows each other. So I think I could now I can go and knock on the door and ask for some flour or some sugar. But I think it depends where you live. But before now, I would have never done that. I don't think I would have. They are doing mm -hmm. that. But yeah, yeah, mentality change. You know, people are not. I mean, somebody when somebody knock at the door, I'm like, who's that? <laughs> you know, you're scared. You're like, 
somebody's at my door, you know, you don't expect anybody to come at your house or anybody without being announced or texting you before calling you. So, yep. We are weird now. We're scared of yeah. everything. <laughs> wasn't like that before. Um, so you went to college. That's something yes. big in your story. Okay. Can you tell us about that? Because I know it's something you're really proud of. I am absolutely delighted to talk about this uh, yes. extraordinary story of how I became the first out of 20 um, siblings to graduate from college. It all started when I was working for Chrysler Engine Plant in 2010, and they decided to close operation and move mm. to Mexico. So I decided to look at my mom, lineage, my father, lineage, and what I discovered is that no one graduated from college. They attended college, but they never graduated from college. So mm -hmm. I decided to take it upon myself to make history in the Hunter family. So in 2012, I graduated from Upper Iowa University with a bachelor's of science in business administration. So I made history in the Hunter family twice because three months after graduation, I came out with my book, no love, no yes. charity, the success of the 19th child. So let me say this. Mm -hmm. I came from the inner city. I came from the projects. I came from the hood. And I want every man and women that might be thinking that they cannot do it. I am Paul Lamar Hunter. And I'm telling you, you mm -hmm. can chase your dreams. You can chase your success. And when you come from the inner city or the hood, mm -hmm. there's only one direction you can go when you walk into that university, and that's up. Yes, that's up, baby, for sure. Yes, can only go yes. up. Yes, yeah. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna ask you about the book, um, "No Love, No Char Charity." I think it's a very heartbreaking title. So, <laughs> no love, no charity. So it's because you. I'm sure you had love in your family. No, I understand the no charity. You don't want any charity. You want to work for yourself. Why yeah. the no love? Well, uh, I'll title? tell you what. No love, no charity. Mm -hmm. It came from my mother starting a homeless shelter. My yeah, mother, mm -hmm. she started the first homeless shelter in the city of Racine, Wisconsin. So okay. that shelter was love and charity. Mm -hmm. homeless shelter in the city of Racine. So I titled my book, No Love, No Charity, The Success of the 19th Child. See, my mother used to disperse love out to men and women, but it was very difficult for her to disperse love out to her own children. The reason why is because you got to get to the root of the problem. My mother mm -hmm. was born in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Yeah. She grew up in the Jim Crow era. She experienced segregation. She mm -hmm. experienced physical violence from the KKK. So it traumatized her as a child. So I tell people today that my mother could not give what she didn't have. So yeah. she's not perfect. I'm a parent myself and I'm not perfect. There are some things that I'm lacking, but that's okay. But I'm here and I'm working on it. And that's the most important thing that I can do as a human being mm -hmm. is work on my weaknesses. So I love my mother to death. I love my father. But I tell people all the time they weren't perfect. 
But yeah. they were the perfect couple that God put together because my mother birthed 21 children <laughs> by my dad. Bad. And that's a lot. And it takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of love. It takes a lot of courage. It takes vision to raise those children. And, she, and I, I pat myself <laughs> on the back because I have four children myself. Just imagine me having 21 children. No. I can't do it. I don't it. mean anybody. So I have the most um, respect for my mother because she endured a lot. She really had. And mm -hmm. I respect yeah. her to this well, day. You know what they said? They did the best with what they had, right? So, yes. Yes. I mean, with all our issues with our parents, I have some, you know, some stuff also with my mom, you know, back in the day. So I was born in France. So mm -hmm. I know, um, so I was born in France. We don't have the same history, you know, as black people. But, you know, I also suffered, you know, in France also you have, you can meet racism and stuff like that. You know, you have to go through, through stuff. But she did the best what she had. And it's not, not that bad because, you know, right now I'm okay. So, so what I really want to say to people, they yeah. need to go out and get my book. No love, <laughs> yes. no charity. The Success of the 19th Child. This book is available um, at Barnes & Noble's bookstore, Amazon.com. Mm -hmm. Also, they can go out and purchase my mother's book, Love and Charity, The Life Story of Louise Hunter in the Love and Charity Homeless Shelter. This book was written by Dr. Dennis James Woods, one of the mm -hmm. greatest authors in this world. Okay, so you wrote a book on your mother, so... On her life or just on the fact that she created that uh, homeless the, shelter? The book was written uh, by Dr. James Woods. It was about my mother's life and yeah. also how she created the first homeless shelter in the state of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Let me say this. My book and my mother book has been combined together into a screenplay. So the oh. screenplay has been um, completed also we signed a deal with Tailflix and they are in the process of finding different characters that would play my mother, play my siblings, and also play me as, <laughs> as well. So I oh. am thrilled that Tailflix um, had signed me on as an executive producer as well. So in the next couple of years, you might be taking your husband or your boyfriend or some of your friends out mm -hmm. to the movie. And and you can um, tell them, hey, I interviewed this guy. Let's watch this movie. And, and you're going to enjoy the movie. I can tell you that right now. Congratulations. I'm very happy for you. Yeah, you know, anything can happen, right? If you work yeah, out at it. Anything is possible. And that's what I tell young people today. Anything is possible. You know, it's like a dream. I, and, and, and it, it, it is like a dream. And, and and that's why I'm encouraging people today. Stop, stop looking at your circumstances and start yeah. looking at your purpose because when you start looking at your circumstances, depression set in, <laughs> anxiety set in. But when you start mm -hmm. looking at your purpose, joy start coming in, peace mm -hmm. start coming in, happiness start coming in, vision start coming in, you know, yeah. excitement start happening. And you, you, you be over, over thrilled because you know that your purpose is always bigger than your circumstances. So what do you do every day to be that pump? Because that's not just coming you know, from your <laughs> circumstances. Do you do like, I don't know, like do you have a visual board? Do you do meditation? Do you, you know, talk to anybody you know, in the street? What do you do? Do you I drink coffee? You <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't drink coffee, but I'm just <laughs> excited. 
I'm just excited about life and I know where I have been. And so I know that in the past I had low Mm self-esteem and I'm telling you this today. I used to thought that I was ugly. I was unattractive. People used to talk about my, my big eyes, my big lips, but guess (laughs) what, baby, they trying to get big lips now. (laughs) Now women, yeah, women (laughs) love my lips. You understand? And so I had to look myself in the mirror and I began to build myself up and say that I'm beautiful. I'm gorgeous. I'm unique. And I remember my mama had told me that you are (laughs) unique. And I looked that word up in the dictionary and it means one of a kind. And my mama has said to me, God would never duplicate another person like you. (laughs) And that's when the lights came on for me because I'm unique. So I continue to build myself up because that's what it takes. If David said, if nobody encouraged you, you encourage yourself. And that's what I do. Okay. So it just... Do you think you're like an example for your sibling then? Because if you're the only, are you the only one who went to college, or maybe after the you know other sibling went to college? Because some you can my, go back to school at any time. Yeah, some of my um, siblings went to college, but they never completed it. So I mm. was the first one okay. to complete college. But listen okay. here, it's never too late because when I went back, no. I went back to college at the age of forty. I graduated with a bachelor's degree. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? At the age of 42. So it's never too late, young people. It's never too late for you to chase your dreams. It's never too late for you to go after success. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about it also with my uh, colleagues in a podcast about that, going back to school, you know, after a certain age. And remember, I was saying, I went back to school also later in life. And one of my aunt was like, aren't you too old to go back to school? So you shouldn't listen, <laughs> it's true, you shouldn't listen to people, you know, who are not at your level sometimes because you are, you want to go up, you want to do something. And some people will try to, you know, to um, keep you, uh, to keep you down. Yeah, so, they, want, they, want, they want to keep you at their level. They don't, yeah. they don't see what God has given you. Mm-hmm. For, for, for example, I write down my goals every year on... December 31st, I write down my goals. And I was just telling this lady this. I say, ever since I graduated college in 27, I started doing this, write down my goals. And I said, one of my goals was to be in Ebony Magazine. It happened twice where they profiled my study. So I told her (laughs) I wanted to be profiled in Essence Magazine. And Mm -hmm. I told her two weeks ago, I said, do you know what? Essen Magazine reached out to me and I said, I had to go back and look at my goals for 2012. Mm-hmm. It was in there. It was yeah. in there. But okay. what I'm trying to say is it's not about my timing. It's about God's timing. He knows when your story needs mm. to come to the yeah. forefront. Yeah. And you got to learn to be patient. Yeah. <laughs> So what do you do now? So, um, because I know you're a public speaker, right? You do uh, I, a lot I, of speaking. I do a lot. I do some uh, public speaking. Also, um, um, I go around um, doing podcasts as well. Yeah. I have my business on the side where I do public relation work as well. But 2024, I'm going to be out there um, campaigning, talking about the importance of education, also mm. talking about 
um, child support, letting people know that child support is, is, is fraud, that child support is, is not law. And I'm going to just be out there just um, sharing my story of success and some of the things that I had experienced um, yeah. with, with, with child support and letting people know that it is not law. It is not law whatsoever, and they need to educate themselves. And okay. I want, I, and I want men and women to know that it is a child support is a federal program, and it is not mandatory whatsoever. So <laughs> what they're doing is a lot of those attorneys and prosecutors. I have to say this, and the mm -hmm. fake judges, they are taking advantage of people' ignorance. That's what they're doing. Okay. And yeah, that's I don't why know anything about Charles Default, so I couldn't. Yeah, that's you know. the reason why it says in the Bible that my people are being destroyed because of a lack of knowledge, not mm -hmm. knowing. Mm -hmm. So that's I'm the idea. guy. I'm the guy that's going to tell them I know the truth and I'm going to disperse the truth out. Okay. Um, so that's a little bit of politics for you then, next, next year, then, right? Next year. Next year. <laughs> next year is very important for me. Okay. And so, and you are you working? I'm sorry, I'm going back to the book, the book and the movie. So, are you working um, with the producer? Are you? They just write. They're just going to write the uh, screenplay on their own, this, or do you have an impact? No, the screen. The screenplay is already completed. Written. <laughs> the screenplay okay. been completed. Right now, they the just two together. Yep, they already put mm -hmm. the two screenplays together. They merged it to, uh, together. We mm -hmm. just in the process of getting different characters to play okay. to play my siblings to play my dad to play my mother so basically and also to play me so mm -hmm. basically um they already know who would be a great fit for my mother uh for me for some of my for some of my siblings and also for for my dad so you mm -hmm. have to negotiate with these actors and actresses as as, as well so uh we're just hoping that everybody comes on board, get a piece of the pie, and then we start. They start filming. She, my mom passed away three years ago, but oh, um, okay. she was excited about what had happened, what I was able to do, okay. and so she was excited. Uh, I wish that she was here, but yeah. uh, things had changed for us, and um, I think that when it happened, my mom would be very, very happy. That yeah, we were able to tell a story about the Hunter family and what we've been through, the trials and tribulation, and that we were able to give people hope, joy, and happiness once yeah. they see this movie. Well, the legacy is going to stay alive, you know, if you, all the work you're doing, the yes. legacy is here, definitely. And with 21 children anywhere, the legacy is not going anywhere. No, no, <laughs> And no. 87 grandchildren, you said? Yeah, it's 63 grandchildren and 87 great grandchildren. Great grandchildren. Yes, yes. Woo. So and, that's and, that's a that's a huge lineage right there. Yes. <laughs> definitely. Wow. I'm very impressed. Uh well, do you want to add anything else? Maybe I well, forgot uh, something. Because i I really want you to talk about the book and the screenplay and the fact that you're, you know, a public speaker and you want to encourage people, you know, to do what they want they want to do. Anything, anything else you want to add? Yes, yes, yes. I want to talk about leadership because okay. young people need to know the importance of leadership. And I want to let young people know that leadership is not about control. It is truly about service. 
true leadership is not mm -hmm. about power. Mm -hmm. It's about empowerment. True leadership is not about manipulation. It's about inspiration. Yeah. So young people, my job is to inspire you to the highest level of true leadership. True leaders don't manipulate. Mm -hmm. True leaders just don't manipulate. They inspire people and true leadership is really not about people, but it is about purpose. That's what it's about. Well, this is beautiful. I think we can just uh, end this. I really like it, you know, about purpose. Because some people, you know, they cannot handle power. But what you said is really uh, powerful and I really like it. Um, then thank you, Paul, for coming. Thank you for uh, letting me, you interviewing you. Uh, you're going to be very famous in two years, you said. So I'm going <laughs> to you know, repost that video in two years and said, remember, you know, I interviewed him too. <laughs> Maybe you come back, we'll see. Yes. But thank you very much for your time. Uh, I know it's almost like um, 5.30 maybe where you are. So yes. I yes. don't want to keep you, you know, too much for what you have to do. And uh, well, good luck for everything. And happy 2024. Looks like you're going to be very busy in 2024. So... Hey, thank you for having me on. People go to my website, paullamarhunter.com. paullamarhunter.com. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to High Vibes and a Mic. Until next time, laugh hard, stay silly, and never forget to bring your sense of humor. Please follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest.